what we do in life. Echoes in eternity. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends, and we are teaching our children to do the same. God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice, and mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely. They get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ, we're not loving him, no matter what we're doing with our hands. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Provoked. It's been a while. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long while. We're so thankful that you're listening to us again. Uh, To my right is my beautiful sister, Desiree Mays. Hello. I always. It's always nine out of ten. I say Desi Morgan. Yeah. It's it's only been seventeen years, but you know. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) And to our left is Jake the Bull. Modern day, uh, it's an easy Captain America. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an easy nickname. It's just my last name with the in front of it. <laughs> now we're so thankful that you uh, are listening in. It, it has been a while. I think it's been a couple months. Mm-hmm. It's been since August. I think the last episode was with Miss Nancy Wilson, and I, you weren't even here for that. I can't even believe that's been that long. Yeah, well, we've had a busy year. Um, you know, we're gonna. We're going to get into our show today, but um, we're happy to announce that Jake is going to be a permanent fixture and a permanent partner here in Provoked. And so uh, we couldn't be more pleased, um, you know, getting into it a little bit. I think I did a couple shows back, but 2023 has been by far the worst year of my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't really need to get into the details of that, but not only our immediate family, but kind of all of us. It's just been a a year that God has chosen to really prune the vine um, and send us through trials that um, the Bible says that we're destined to go through, or afflictions we're destined to go through. Thankfully, they're momentary in comparison yeah. to the eternal weight of glory Paul talks about, but it's been unbelievably tough. So Jake comes along and uh, starts coming to the church and feels led to pick up his family. And I know that you guys know his story, but we've already gone through that. But brother, I can't tell you how much you've been a uh, blessing to us, like indescribably the way that you mesh with who we are and personality and humor and everything and the hard work that you put into everything that you do and just the natural gifting that you have to communicate and articulate yourself. Um, you've been a tremendous blessing to us and not only the ministry, but our family. So we're happy to, Praise the Lord. to yeah. have you. So um, you're, are you ready to? Well, I don't have a huge speech prepared, but just um, <laughs> thankful to God for this. And yeah, it's been a huge blessing being a part of the show with you guys. And yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, feel really thankful to be involved and in, in helping out here. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for it. So what we're going to do is, uh, get right into our show and Jake is going to just lead the way and introduce our guest. Yeah. Um, well, this is, 
especially um, this this is a, a blessing for me here. I'm bringing on uh, one of my very good friends, dear brothers in the faith. Um, his name is Jordan Sweezer. Uh, he's a again dear brother, uh, evangelist, pastor in training, uh, and uh, just a, a dear friend. He's God has really used him as somebody in my life who's helped me see truths of Reformed theology, what evangelism looks like in the public square. Just I could go on and on, but um, really dear brother, and he's coming to us from Michigan. So uh, Jordan, welcome to the show. Welcome to Provoked. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, let's start off a little bit. Um, tell us just about you, uh, about your ministry, family, um, those kinds of things. Yeah, sure. Um, so like you said, my name's Jordan Sweezer. Uh, I've been married for a little over nine years, and uh, I got four four children, four sons. Uh, JJ, he's uh, going to turn nine next month, or in two months. Uh, I got Caleb, who's six, Charlie, who's four, and Calvin, who just turned one year old uh, last week. So um, I'm just extremely blessed with a wonderful wife and um, a lot of boys. So. All, all boys. That's awesome. Four boys. Great names, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. This is actually Calvin Knox. Just in case I don't have any more boys, yeah. I had to get my names in there. So. Had to get Knox in there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> how many? Uh, how many years apart are they? Um, from eight to one, so almost nine to one, so about eight years. Oh, awesome! awesome. So you're going to have a lot of teens in the house in the future. Yeah. <laughs> we have big boys, and we'll have a lot of big boys, and then we'll have a bunch of teenagers and. Yeah, just start start stockpiling your food. Um, yeah. Now. Yeah, I can't even imagine. They just go through food and deodorant too. <laughs> like for some reason, they eat a lot of food. They want food in the body, but not deodorant on the body. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we're. Yeah. I love it. Um, Jordan, tell us a little bit about your ministry, uh, about what you've been doing the past couple of years. Sure. So I'm a missionary um, sent out through One Life for Life which Apologia is no stranger to. Um, so uh, you guys might have, uh, you guys might know the One Life for Life crew. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin and Andrew, you know, they've been doing this for quite a few years. And uh, they brought me on as a missionary all the way on the other side of the state. So for you who aren't from Michigan, Flint is, if this is the state of Michigan, Flint is over here. Grand Rapids is over here. Yep. Uh, so that's where I am. Uh, I met them actually during covid uh, I had been watching Apologia for quite a while and really felt compelled to be out doing abortion ministry, but it just wasn't available to me with my work schedule. But uh, I was an outside salesman, and during COVID, um, I was not allowed to go to businesses. <laughs> wow. So while I was lighting um, or trying to, they would say, I'm definitely not buying from you. Stop coming here. You're going to kill us, you know. Mm. So I did my requirements that my boss would have me do, and then I would go out to the mill. So I'd go stand with those guys and I met heroes of the faith like Cal. I think you guys have said you know him and um, just began doing that ministry as much as I could. I had already been doing, you know, evening outreach for quite a few years. But then um, just about two years ago, One Life for Life sent me out as a missionary officially. So um, when we started doing this, other than having my church's blessing and, and permission and encouragement, um, we had no idea how this was going to work. <laughs> we just knew that it was the will of, it was a call I had on my life. It was a call the elders had at One Life Church for me. So we trusted the Lord would provide and he's been providing for us for two years, but we didn't know where a penny 
was going to come from, just that this is what we were going to do. Yeah. And by God's grace, we do things very similar to you guys. You know, um, we preach the gospel because it's the, the gospel is the power of salvation to all who believe. Um, nobody is going in here. Almost nobody is going into these abortion mills with just information issues. I know you know this. It's a heart issue. So that's why we lead with the gospel. Um, we call it what it is, which is murder. Of course, we're not um, we're not doing that in an unholy anger way, but with a righteous um, confrontation of truth. Abortion is murder. It's, it is killing your child. And um, then we offer to help. And, you know, I would love to say that we've saved babies, but we haven't. It's all been the Lord. The Lord has changed so many hearts and as far as I'm aware of now, the number is 85 babies I've got to see that he's saved wow. in the last years. Um, I've got to hold, you know, a half dozen of them in my hands now. And um, several of the moms uh, have been going to church regularly. Not only did they choose life for their, their child, you know, but the Lord really opened their heart to the grace, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And actually just last week, I got to see a a baby dedication from one of the moms who hadn't been to church in years. And she started going as soon as I met her again. And it's, she had, she's had her baby. The baby's five months old and she's been going to church the whole time. She loves Jesus. And that's just really, really amazing. And I really couldn't do any of this without my wife because uh, she just has my back 100% of the way. Um, you know, if I need to go help a mom or a disciple, I can't go alone. Um, right. So she's always happy to take all the kids and come with me, or she plans the most spectacular baby showers. She'll make like a registry online. We'll put it out on our Facebook page. People will get all the gifts. It'll all come to my house. And then a few ladies will come over and wrap the presents. And my wife has just uh, thrown some of the best baby showers you'd ever see in your whole life. And That's amazing. That's what awesome. we do baby shower is we invite um, one of our pastors or an elder to do a short gospel devotional to it. So we say, hey, invite all your friends to this baby shower. You know, they don't got to buy you anything. We got it covered. But invite them to this baby shower. Come celebrate with you. And um, after we get the food and pray for the food and everything at the baby shower, it'll be kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a fundraising setup, but not for that. So when everyone's eating uh, the pastor will give the gospel so all of their family and friends can hear the gospel too, uh, which has just been been really good. So I'm super thankful for my wife and all the hard work she does. I've I've seen the pictures of these baby showers. They are pretty world class. <laughs> uh, so so well done to Marie there. Uh, so Jordan, you've been ministering at a specific abortion mill uh, in Grand Rapids now for the past couple of years. That's where you and I first met was out there. I remember going to this mill. I was scared to death and I stood out there and I was sweating and I saw this guy with a, an amazing beard as people can't see his beard, but he's got an amazing beard. Trust me. And he's calling out and he's kind of directing traffic. And I remember thinking, okay, this guy looks like he knows what he's doing. I'm going to go over there and talk with him. And then from there, the Lord has just blessed uh, that to, to blossom into a, a, a really uh, a friendship that's blessed me tremendously. Uh, tell us a little bit about that specific abortion mill set up what did it what did it look like what was the environment like tell us a little bit about the uh about the environment there yeah sure so um it's right on well, fulton street which is pretty much the heart of downtown 
at least it's where people pass through downtown most frequently. So it's a four lane downtown road, two lanes on each side, very busy traffic. Um, there was one entrance to the abortion mill, which is, um, we would stand right, right by it, you know, the driveway, but all the parking lot was completely behind the building. So, uh, we would have our gift bags, you know, and hold them out. And sometimes mom stop and they would talk to us and we'd counsel them and share the gospel with them, you know, and, um, if they wouldn't stop and talk with us, they would have to walk up towards the building again. Uh, so we'd have about eight seconds where we could see them coming around the corner, uh, from parking. So when they hit the door, they'd walk into, um, you know, we would, we would use the eight seconds to what we have, you know, miss, please have mercy on your child. Jesus says in his word, we shouldn't murder. We're here to help you come talk to us. And that was it, you know, a lot of times. So, um, we would, we would do that. And the moms would come in in two, two waves. There'd be an early morning wave and a late morning wave. Um, and depending on the time of year, we thankfully did see abortions decrease significantly over the time I was there. But when the first wave was done, I'd set my speaker up. Um, I'm about 15 feet from the waiting room uh, and I would preach the gospel and many others would preach the gospel. Um, I definitely don't want to put the focus on myself. I mean, there's probably by the end of it, there was five or six people that would regularly come out and preach for 20 to 40 minutes, yeah. uh, at least once or twice a week and sometimes more. And uh, we'd preach the gospel, you know, uh, to the moms, to the employees, to the abortionist. Um, we would pull no punches in the sense that we wouldn't mince the truth God shares with us in his word, but always, um, always seeing that God desires to emphasize his mercy. Uh, he calls us to go into the streets and to invite both bad and good into the wedding feast. And I was bad. I was invited into the wedding feast and I'm just so blessed to be able to share the same invitation with others. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a little bit of the setup. Um, there was trees that were planted short, uh, maybe a year or two before I started to stop people from being able to interact with people in the building. But as uh, the Lord would have it showing his sovereignty, there was a gap just big enough for me to stand in between two of the trees. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. We deal with that at our mill too. Um, Dr. Ronald, you know, so he, he sprays sprinklers out on us, but in 115 degree weather, we're like, sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it feels feels amazing. Feels great, which does nothing but create a like a liability for him. Like we have detectives that watch us all the time, and they're like, "Hey, dude, um, if somebody slips and cracks their head open, you're going to be liable for this." But now, what he did is he's mounted an external speaker, and he goes through the speaker. He's been through like seven of them in probably six weeks. And it's just blaring the most obnoxious music. Yeah, you could it's ever. so vulgar. Yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's pretty horrible. So but. Don was out there last weekend, and he was like, "Oh, they're just playing this horrible music." But then when I went out there, I was like, "Jokes on you," because I liked this music before I was saved. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's some. There's some music. I'm just see what we should do is we should all get out there and just have a dance party. Yeah. And like saying, yeah. you, this is not affecting us. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. like. Well, I mean, the vulgar parts, yeah, but then some of it, I was like, yeah, I listened to this back in, like, 2000s, <laughs> yeah, 90s yeah. and 2000s. <laughs> yeah, so, it yeah. blows my mind, like, the lengths that we'll go to. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's a bit of the setup there, Jordan. Um, Thomas Gordon, the abortionist, he's the one who's actually, you know, killing the babies. Uh, tell us about that dynamic. Obviously, he's pulling in every day. 
you're there every day. He's got to drive right past you. I remember the setup specifically. He's got to drive literally right past you. Um, what did that dynamic look like, interactions between the two of you? Sure. Um, well, they were never very long encounters. <laughs> but uh, every day I would try to get there a half hour before they opened so I could catch the employees on their way in, including Thomas Gordon, the abortionist. And uh, every day, with almost without fail, he would uh, give me a one-finger salute on his way in. <laughs> slow down and stick that finger up and growl at me literally growl 70 year old man would be growling and can and you do it can you do an impersonation of that <laughs> i can but your listeners won't see it out here but i'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay that, nice <laughs> extremely angry yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious and, um a couple times he's pulled his gun out on me wow you know, this or that reason they're not going to investigate any further. Um, did you get any, the, Did you get any recording of him doing that? Or no? uh, I did one time, and it was the one time he he did it in a weird way, where uh, he keep it in his his briefcase, and he pulled it out and just started waving it at us in his car. But it was in the holster still, and oh, that was. They were like, you know, tech. No, it was very clear. <laughs> it was very clear to see. Hmm. But they were like, you know. It's not technically brandishing because it is covered. And I was like, okay, he could shoot through that. But <laughs> wow. yeah. Um, and you mentioned the sprinklers. So I just would say we had sprinklers too, but we'd get them when it's like 25 degrees out. So it was very cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michigan's a little different. Yeah. In the summer it was nice, but, but yeah, a couple times he, um, would be so angry that he would actually, um, like speed up to, to hit us, you know, and we wouldn't be blocking the driveway or whatever, but he would get as close to us as he could, you know, and one time, one time he hit his bushes and one time he hit the trees. They were like the brush of trees, not like the, the hard part, but he ran right through their, their brush uh, because he just was so angry at us being there that he couldn't even drive straight. So um, there was a couple times where I got to, share the gospel long enough with him. He never stopped talking. Like if he's there, he's going to get his words out and it's just insults and swearing and blasphemies, you know, but um, there were a few, few solid times where I could get the whole gospel out to him. So yeah, praise God. Um, well, I want to get into kind of the, the heart of the story here because um, we have a lot of listeners who follow the, you know, abortion ministry through apologia, people who are connected to churches who are doing this ministry throughout the country, even throughout the world. And one of the things that at times could possibly get discouraging is seeing these abortions happen, right? Day after day, week after week, moms going in, moms staying in, you know, not listening to the preachings. Certainly you see uh, babies getting saved, but there's also the flip side of it that can be discouraging. And uh, I'd love for you to tell us, Jordan, uh, a little bit more about this, because God shut this clinic down. Uh, this this clinic is no longer operational. Uh, as far as we know, it's never going to be operational again. And uh, God did this in a way that was, uh, well, in such a way that only he would get the glory for it. Um, so I'd love for you to tell us a little bit of that story, especially as someone who's now, and you're right with others too, 
labored for years at this mill. Uh, God shuts it down. What did that look like? Yeah. So um, I'll I'll share kind of a, a big picture story of how it all came to be and how the Lord really did do it in a way where only he could get the glory. Um, there are several ministries that would come out regularly. There was the Catholics, which primarily came out with 40 days, which are friendly with each other, but I, it, we share the gospel with them too. They need, yeah. they need. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Uh, there was a house next door. Um, they were nice enough ladies. They didn't believe in, in talking about Jesus or sharing the gospel at that time. Um, which I think is missing the point. And there was another group, um, sidewalk advocates for life. You might've ran into them or heard of them. And it was unfortunate because it seemed like there was always tension when babies would be saved. People would be trying to grab for credit. Mm -hmm. Thankfully not, not our group, but there would be people grappling like, well, that was mine. And it's like, this was Jesus's like he right. just saved a baby and you want to get credit. Like, let's go help this woman, you know? Yeah. But, um, so we, we collectively are, we have, um, like a group chat of about 40 or 50 people who we, uh, who regularly come out or infrequently, some of them come out and, um, we would be praying. We started praying that the Lord would shut that place down a year before that that would be the year, you know? And it wasn't, it was one year later, but it still did it. And we were praying that God would shut down this place in a way only he could get the credit. So nobody would be able to go on the news and say, look how great our ministry is. Just Jesus, you know, just the Lord. And um, as the Lord would have it, you know, for his own glory, he he did raise up preachers to preach the gospel for, for two years straight out there so that the the moms, the ministries, the city, the police, the abortionist, uh, they would all hear God's name being raised up, lifted in the streets, that he's the king of kings, he's Lord over all, and uh, that he's giving you the gospel, he's bringing this mercy to you. And then um, just a, a few months ago, uh, we had a tornado here in Michigan, which they're not very common. I don't know if they're common in Arizona. We maybe get one every few years, and they're usually really small. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw Thomas James Gordon going in to kill. He killed. He went home. But that was the last night of his life. And what happened was the Lord caused him to have a cardiac arrest. And uh, when the paramedics tried to get to him, they were unable. They were unable because the tornado happened right where he was. And he lived in a gated community with only a couple entrances. And trees were knocked down, blocking both entrances from getting in or out just past the uh, range where they could have pushed the cart uh, to get there. So nobody came uh, for a very, very long time. They couldn't get Helmet in because there was a tornado. Um, so I actually was um, able to listen to that 911 phone call recently and uh, with, with his wife. And it is really sad, but um, I tell you, I'm, I'm more rejoicing than, than weeping because the Lord is not letting babies be murdered there. Anymore. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. He heard the gospel. Like some people have said, you shouldn't be rejoicing about this. You should be sad about every life that's lost, even his. And, you know, I, I, I think I get people are trying to come at that with um, a good intention, but it is frustrating when they do share, when people do show more compassion for a mass murderer 
than they did for any of the children. Right. No, Uh, the scriptures say, God asks, who will rise up for me against the evil doer? So we do, and there's some precatory prayers of destruction upon the wicked, and um, he's a mass murderer. So I think the, the... there's biblical justification to be glad that the killing has stopped and not glad. I mean, who, who can imagine him standing before the living God or falling into the hands of an angry God? Right. We wouldn't want that for anybody. And if we do, we should check our hearts. But by grace go we. But yeah, he's a serial killer. Right. You know, if the guy was killing toddlers out here, we would, I mean, we would rejoice over the fact that the guy, the guy took him out, you know. Um, right. We, we kind of have to think that way when it comes to the scriptures or the, uh, <laughs> not the scriptures, the <laughs> abortion, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would even push back at all if there was a, you know, school that was getting shot up and, a, you know, police officers came in and shot the, the murderer dead. Everybody would say, thank God they got to him. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it goes to show you even within the church, there's still that um, kind of, ageist view on life, even for solid Bible believing um, Christians that love the Lord and they don't, they are abolitionists or pro-life still, there's still a little bit of that in there where it's like, well, this life, because it's hidden is not, I'm not going to respond the same way as if it was a a child that was outside of the womb dying. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're told to uh, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And Jordan, just like you said, this guy's over and over again, uh, every week uh, on specific days of the week would kill children. That's how he made his living. Mm -hmm. And for God sovereignly to, uh, you know, ended his life, but he no longer now can do that. uh, That's grounds for rejoicing. You know, it's grounds for rejoicing. I totally agree. Um, I just, it blows my mind that that story of how it happened. You know, because and then and then also connecting it with the prayers that you had been praying now with with the, the team out there for a year that God would shut it down, which is, a, you know, it's a great prayer in itself, but in a in such a way that he would receive all the glory. And you think about a state that doesn't really get tornadoes, tornado goes through all these trees get knocked down in such a way that the paramedics can't get to his house, goes into cardiac arrest, dies, no longer killing babies anymore. It's like, who can take credit for that one? (laughs) What a great testimony to, to like, just what you're saying. You're out there, the importance of sharing the gospel out there. You know, like you said, the Catholics are out there. You're amicable. You're glad they're out there wanting to save lives. But what do we have that's different? We have the gospel that saves. So we're not only going out there to save the lives of the children, you know, to plead with mothers and fathers not to kill their children, but you're out there for souls as well to just proclaim the truth of of Jesus to them because we don't know when our last day was going to be you know this doctor certainly didn't know that that was going to be his final day pulling into that driveway um, but God in his mercy sent his messengers to share that news so uh, it's just important because you know we never know when our last day is going to be so I'm just thankful for your ministry and you know your faithfulness to share the gospel in that arena because um, it's so important yeah so so um you got really inspired to do this through Justin and Andrew, right? Um, yes. So I first actually found Apologia online, and I've been watching them for you guys for about a year. Uh, and then 
uh, the church I went to when we moved out to that side of the state, he connected me with Justin and Andrew. And yeah, they, they really got me that, involved. Yeah, that's so cool because the first In Abortion Now conference was in 2017, I think in April. And I remember at the end of that conference, Justin, and I cannot remember the name of the brother that worked with him. Do you remember? Miles. Huh? Is it Miles? I think so. But they are like, you could see like the weight of like the calling of God on their faces. Like because they came up on stage and they said, God has called us to go full time. Like after going, you know, God really communicating to them through a conference. And God's done that to me too. I was at a conference. Um, It was called um, Herald Society in 2013. Rusty Thomas was preaching. Mm -hmm. And after he preached, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But it's just so cool that they just didn't say this is what we're going to do. I mean. Justin and Andrew are still at that work and then it's extended to you and you think about the impact this has made not just in live save it's just the gospel going out to so many so that's incredibly powerful yeah yeah I could share just one thing before we move on to Jeff uh, who you met uh, Jake Mm -hmm. Um, he made um, a certain psalm the theme psalm while we were out there and it was um, it was psalm 37 And it um, has this one line in it that says, uh, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in an abundance of peace. And the day that we found out that um, he he was dead, right, was when we were out on the sidewalk. And... uh, you know, this whole earth is going to be redeemed. You know, it's being redeemed. Mm-hmm. Well, like the Lord gave us just a little bit of insight more than the average person that day. Because uh, we got to see that sidewalk be redeemed. You know, that, that sidewalk was a battleground. And right now it's a it's a memorial. <laughs> Amen. You know, and, um, Amen. man, it was, what, what a blessing. So, so I, 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 remember, sh- I remember seeing those pictures that you had posted. Jordan gave, I think, a little bit of like a message to all these Christians who were there on the sidewalk after it had been shut down. And I remember looking through those and thinking exactly what you said, just a little bit of a glimpse, a little little microcosm of what it will be on that day when Christ returns, he makes all things new, all enemies are put under his feet, including death, and who's there? Just a bunch of Christians who, who can take no credit who have done nothing themselves, who are only giving the Lord the glory. And it was such a cool image to see that when we see the scripture saying the meek will inherit the earth, you know, Christ reiterates that in the Sermon on the Mount, just to see it with your eyes that, wow, this is happening. It will happen, but it is happening right now too. Uh, what a gift, you know, from the Lord to, to see that. And Jordan, for you to, to physically be a part of it there with other believers, it's just so encouraging. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys about, um, I think I've mentioned it on the show. I'm not sure, but we saw, we had something similar happen in San Diego when we were, um, not, not with the tornado, but, um, we were ministering at a, uh, an abortion clinic called, uh, family. What was it called? Family planning, family planning associates. Associates. Yeah. Yeah. FPA. Mm Um, and, uh, man, that mill was crazy because you could, it was on a second story, so it's like this biz, business buildings um, with glass storefronts, like glass walls, and uh, you could literally go up 
the stairs for a while, we had access to be with your nose on the glass and the ladies on the direct other side. And so for a while until they finally pushed back and we had to go to the sidewalk. But there was a good, man, couple months where we could be right up, like sharing the gospel. It was just an incredible. um, And then they had death scorts that would like, Put, like you're on the second story, they would just try to like push you up against the railing so that you could <laughs> yep. like, do anything. Yep. Um, but the abortionist there, he uh, if you look up um, demonic abortionist, he got into one of our friends, uh, Zephaniah Mel's face with his scissors. And it's like, if you watch the video, it's crazy. We got it on GoPro, but, um, and I wasn't there that day, but he was a wicked man, but um, he ended up dying of a heart attack as well. Um, and of course, you know, at the same time, we were, we were like, uh, yeah, it's so sad that he perished in his sin. Um, of course, you're you're sad for that. You're not rejoicing in the fact that this this guy is going to stand before a holy God, and you're you shudder to think of what lied away, you know, what what was waiting for him if he hadn't repented before. Um, but you do rejoice in the fact that he will no longer be executing children. Right. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's. Sometimes people can get categories, you know, kind of mixed up there where it's like, you can't be happy. I mean, like I said, in any other circumstances, if it was a child outside of the womb, you know, you're trying to preserve life. If some mass murderer came into a mall and they shot him, everybody would be like, thank God for the speediness of the the person that shot him. <laughs> you know, like, you need to preserve life. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember... Yeah, I remember Jordan, you telling me once if there were glass walls in this abortion mill and everybody could look in and see what's going on, we there, we'd run in and tackle the dude. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason that it's permitted and people largely, you know, you go out to a mill, everybody's driving by, most people don't care, mm-hmm. is because you can't see what's actually happening. Exactly. Right? You know, right. you can't see these children, and it's. You know, Eunice is the same way. Gordon was this way. That it wasn't just the pill. The pill's wicked, just as wicked. But there's also surgical too. I mean, babies are literally being ripped apart. Yeah, it's disgusting. Zach said something one, one time when we were at the mill together, and it always kind of sat with me because I was like, I never really thought about it that way. But he was talking to this, you know, father that was bringing his woman in, and he's like, uh, the guy's like, oh, you know, she's coming for prenatal care, or not prenatal care, some other type of, you know, women's services. And Zach was like you want that guy who rips babies apart to be touching your lady in like the most private of areas and yeah, like yeah. Yeah. even coming close to her like like you said if you could see through the window what was happening in there you wouldn't let that guy come near your woman if you love her right yeah because it's right. so foul and grotesque and and wicked so yeah, yeah. um and uh well that story jordan of of the, the this particular mill getting shut down the really the miraculous way that God did it. Um, it, it was an answer to prayer. I mean, God did it in his time and in his way. Uh, but I want to note, too, the faithfulness that you and these other other believers, we can go down the list here, uh, day after day being there. Uh, it was just such an encouragement for me to see and now to see how the Lord has done it uh, in a way that only he gets the glory. So I want to ask you, Jordan, as someone who's, because now you've, you've moved on, right? This, this, I think, was the last surgical facility in, in Grand Rapids, and there's still Planned Parenthood there. Mm-hmm. So now you've moved on to the next, you know, hill to be taken here. 
um, and, yeah. and are ministering there. But I'm curious to hear, there's a lot of people, as I said earlier, who are out there week after week uh, proclaiming the gospel at abortion mills throughout the U.S., throughout the world. Uh, and there may be some people who are feeling discouraged of, we're seeing almost no you know, moms turn away, where it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Um, how would you, Jordan, encourage those believers um, who are out there laboring? Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there were, uh, seasons where you don't see anything, you know, is that, is that kind of what you're getting at people who are laboring in the ABR? Yeah. Yeah. They're not seeing any actual like results, air quotes. Yeah. I'd like to, to share, um, sorry about that. I'd like to share John Barros's, uh, little story about not seeing the results because I don't know if you guys know this, but one life sent me and Justin and Andrew down to see him. I know you guys were there with him and you guys know how he got saved was actually that someone's car broke down in front of his dad's gas station. Him and his brothers were going to go get into trouble. And, uh, um, the guy whose car broke down was a Christian. He had wrote Jesus is Lord with a paintbrush on his truck, you know? So they pushed the truck in their dad's fixing it. And he says, well, I guess you guys are supposed to hear about Jesus. And he preaches to all four brothers for like 20 or 30 minutes or something. And all four of them get saved. All four of them. Wow. And um, the guy, surfer boy, jumps back in his, his truck and goes on to wherever he was going, you know. And uh, that was, I think, I, I, I might have the years wrong, but I'm pretty sure John had said that was 48 years ago. <laughs> wow. And I think this guy not only didn't realize the Lord actually used him to save people, you know, that he actually was used for that purpose to bring glory to Christ in that way. But that one of them would be John Barrows, who would inspire so many, be used by the Lord for so many others to be raised up for thousands, literally thousands of babies to be saved. And that surfer boy who may even be with the Lord by now, probably never had a single idea any of that ever happened. Yeah. And I just can't help but think like, how many of these stories are out there? You know, I'm, I'm a Christian by the grace of God, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know, I was invited to church by somebody. I don't even remember their name. Yeah. <laughs> I was at that church service. I, uh, that person was used by the Lord to bring me to him, you know, and she probably has no idea. Um, so if you're, if you're doing these things out here, um, serving faithfully, like just let faithfulness be your goal and know that all the treasures, all the rewards are, are stored up in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, and just trust that you, whether you're like a Jonah who goes and preaches a message of doom and an entire city repents, or whether you're like Noah who preaches for 120 years and never sees a convert, barely gets his own family on board, right? Um, who was more faithful? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The results are from God. He gives the increase. He shows you. He'll give the baby saves. And, and you can pray for encouragements. Pray that you can see some of the work he's doing. And I, I believe he'll show you. But be content to know, even if none, um, even if you get to see none, and even if none are ever even saved, if you're truly being faithful to God, then you're you're succeeding. You're successful. Amen. So. Amen. That's great. 
Yeah, it's a needed reminder. You know, it's 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 easy to look at other people who are doing that and say, oh, yeah, it's great. Be faithful. It's all right. But if you are out there and you're proclaiming the gospel and you're receiving the vitriol and the pushback and all that stuff and you're getting it out on the street, maybe you're getting it even within the walls of your church sometimes, you know, it can wear on you. And, you know, the Lord said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And sometimes I think about, you know, those few laborers, how, how can they remain encouraged? And I think that's a great, a great encouragement there for me, brother. Just know that God is the one who gives results um, and he'll also sustain us, you know, as we continue to do this. Amen. Something else he said, too, that I thought was really encouraging um, for moms is just how you were talking about your wife, you know, just having your back. And sometimes when you're in the season of just having littles at home and it, you know, it's not always possible for a mom to come out and do evangelism too. Sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, but there are other ways you can support your husband or other uh, laborers that are out there like uh, throwing the baby showers. We have women at our church that have made blessing bags. Um, And just the, the big one I think would be like your wife, is doing which is always having your back when you go out and do evangelism um you guys are doing it you know that's a team effort taking care of your family and you know allowing that time for you to go out and and do that so um yeah if you're if you're a mom and you're at home and you feel like oh i i don't really have the opportunity right now to go out and do that you can still support your husband or other laborers in your church you can pray for them um our church has a in the the bulletin Zach puts, you know, our evangelism schedule um, on there. And so we'll put that by our dinner table sometimes and go, okay, you know, we saw today they're going to go out um, at this time or tomorrow. Let's play, pray for the laborers. And so um, there, there are the things you can do to support the people that you know that are going out. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. One, if I could share just one more yeah. um, testimony to that effect, um, what you were saying, Jake, and then also to what you were saying, Desi. But first, Jake, with uh, people who aren't seeing results, um, there was a guy who stopped out last two Fridays ago while Steve and Jeremy, Jeff and I were out there. And um, he said, 20 years ago, um, I didn't listen to you. Now, I'm, it wasn't me, but he said, 20 years ago, I didn't listen to you. He said, I have regretted it every day, and I want you to know the only comfort I've been able to find in this is that Jesus can, forgave me. He's my the people who were doing this 20 years ago wherever they are they don't know that right yeah wow that's christ you know even after murdering his his child you know and then desi um especially when you just said that about praying like i've never seen more accomplished in ministry than from prayer Prayer has the biggest effect. Um, You know, we have to do the street preaching. We have to do the counseling. We have to do the help. We have to be hands and feet and mouth for Christ. But our private prayers um, that that we do, right, that you do, that no one ever sees, that the church doesn't even know about, your time with God alone, even if that's all you can do, don't say that's all you can do, because that, that really is the ministry right there. I mean... I'm, I'm speculating. I don't want to presume of the Lord, but I'm fairly confident that any revival there's ever been has been from prayer, whether you can track it back or not. It's from a prayer that the Lord knew about that he was pleased to, pleased to answer. So 
when you say that you're praying or if you're helping out on the back end, like there are several ladies who will go house to house for me when I'm unable uh, and visit moms, get a list of needs there are so I can start to work on them. Um, those things are never going to get the credit. They're never going to be in the spotlight or probably the podcast, but those are the ladies who are doing it for Christ and they just have the biggest hearts in the world. I just hope I can be like them one day. Yeah. Amen. Wow. Yeah, amen. Well, Jordan, thank you so much, brother, for sharing a little bit of just what God has done through you, ministry. Um, where, where can people go? You mentioned one life for life. Um, you know, the work that you're still doing in Michigan, others are doing. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, to support your ministry? Uh, where can they go? Yeah, so you can uh, go to onelifeforlife.org, and you can support both the Flint and the Grand Rapids funds. Uh, the Flint fund will support both Justin and Andrew. Uh, the Grand Rapids fund would support myself. Uh, you can find updates on the One Life for Life Facebook page or the One Life for Life Grand Rapids Facebook page. Um, the best thing you can do for us is to pray for us. If you have finances, we definitely need it. We'd love the assistance. But the biggest and most important thing you can do is pray for faithfulness, pray for God's glory, and pray for an end to abortion. So. Amen. 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 I appreciate you, brother. Did, how many hours do you put in a week? Um, well, I get up at 4.30, and I'm usually done by 5 at night. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> wow, man. People don't understand how difficult that is. Yeah. Really, they don't. That's, that's and, awesome. And Yeah, and week in and week out, day in, day out, to be out there. And obviously, brother, I know you and we're not we're not giving all glory to you here there's other there's other you know faithful christians out there too but it's a grind yeah. you'd be out there for two hours to grind yeah. yeah yeah for sure um yeah we could talk about just that subject for hours yeah you know? yeah i awesome. see i'm sorry you're probably with how many hours am i at planned parenthood a week <laughs> oh yeah i was thinking no. yeah but, no. uh, um awesome five hours, three days a week and Two hour shifts the other two days because I'm in seminary too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's long days. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, brother, we appreciate you. Um, so grateful for the time you spent with us today. Um, I think that's all we have. Yeah. So, today. yeah, thanks for tuning in. What an, what an incredible story. And please be praying for our brother. Um, like we've just been talking about, you can't understand uh, the effort it takes to do what he does and all glory to God. God provides the strength, but, um, we're, we're thankful for the tool that, um, the great tool, <laughs> the, uh, constructive and productive tool Jordan is and his wife too. Having that wife, uh, right behind you or right, right, right next to you to support you is absolutely crucial. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, that, that makes everything work. So be praying for him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're going to try to be more consistent and, um, We've got a lot of great shows ahead of us and a good year in front of us. So yep. I'm happy. I'm Onward excited. and upward. It's been a hard, hard year, but we're still here. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. I'm excited for, you know, the future of the show. I'm thankful for our listeners that kind of stuck around in our hi hiatus. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we've got some cool stuff on the docket. So share with your friends. Give us a like and a review on your wherever you listen to your podcast we are go going strictly to audio now though so if you got used to watching us on youtube we are just going to be doing this audio so uh just make sure you share and get the word out amen awesome. all right well we will see you soon